We're diving into the minds of machines and exploring the endless possibilities of artificial intelligence. What? Next on Into Tomorrow. When you're a new podcaster, you may need a little help setting everything up. Like us at Into Tomorrow, you may want a company who's there when you need them who actually picks up the phone when you call. Well, that's Blueberry Podcasting. Call 1-877-729-8642 or go to Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Welcome into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. Yes, indeed you do. Ho, ho, ho. It's Christmas weekend. It is. The weekend of December 22nd, 2023. This is Into Tomorrow. I am Dave Graveline. I am Chris Graveline. Yes, indeed. We are your gas ex for tech. Yeah. Think in terms of, you know, we tried to give you good suggestions leading up to Christmas and celebrating the holidays in general. Uh, but now if you get gifts that you don't know how to use that are of a tech nature, you can s call us and we'll tell you how to deal with it. I think that would be very helpful and it's our pleasure. You can, and we send you prizes when you do so. That's very true, and you want to stay tuned because we've got a list of some cool prizes that we send you when we hear you on the show. It's getting to be really too late. Well, maybe just this weekend only is left. Uh, we've had other listeners send in their little holiday greetings that we play after commercial breaks back into the show. Um, but if you've not done one, hurry. Don't wait. Do it now. 15 or 20 seconds. We'll add the holiday music. And you can wish our audience and us, if you wish, uh, a very Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, joyous holidays, whatever. You can even wish us a uh, congratulations on our 29th year. Which starts in a couple, three weeks. Yeah. Oof. I feel old. You are. Yep. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I mean, remember, you had brown hair when the show started. Yeah. And it wasn't even brown hair from a bottle. It, <laughs> that's true. It was, it was brown hair natural. Uh -huh. Yeah, but what else was cool almost 29 years ago was how we were talking about the latest, greatest, coolest thing on the planet. Well, see, what should make you really feel old is when you think about the fact that when you started the show, you were younger than I am now. <laughs> OMG. Really? Yeah. I'm bad at math, but yikes. Okay. Well, that scares me now. Mm -hmm. I think I should retire. Maybe. It may be, exactly. But, but I still want a paycheck. What, on our very first show, what was the newest, latest, greatest, coolest technology that the world had never seen? This D thing called... DVD. I do, can you imagine? And people listening, especially younger folks that's, that are now going, what's DVD? Because <laughs> it came and went. I have two DVD players at my house, but they're both in the closet and have been for years. Collecting dust. But they're, they're kind of a just-in-case thing, so I can't throw it out. Ah, true. Because when have you last bought a computer, even, that has an optical drive in it? No. They don't. And certainly not a desktop. I mean, unless you're doing a gaming thing and then you order it with an optical drive or DVD player or something. But DVD was the big thing nearly 29 years ago when we started. It was all exciting. And there have been so many other things that have come and gone in that time. Yes. Oh, yeah. And a lot of tech. We've seen the birth and death of a lot of tech. In fact, uh, in our tech newsletter this week, we were talking about the death of some tech. Oh, we are, in fact. Yeah. It's another year, another crop of tech products and services that were unplugged, powered down, and erased from the web. <laughs> and not unplugged just to be rebooted. Yeah. Unplugged to not be plugged in so again. We, you know, we got a special from our friends from PC Mag uh, in the tech news this week. It's, uh, you know, talking about tech that's had its last hurrah in the last 12 months. Wow. So you should check that out in this week's Into Tomorrow tech news letter. What do you mean you don't get it? Good heavens. It's free. We only send it once a week. We never spam or share your email address with anyone. We haven't done that in almost 29 years. We're not going to start now. So you can feel confident that you're only going to get our once-a-week tech news letter. And all you need to do is visit us at intotomorrow.com. And if the Internet gods are with us, a little box pops up asking only for your email address. Then don't forget that it's going to send you a subsequent email 
as a double opt-in thing to make sure you really want to get it. So somebody else doesn't put your email address in. You put it. And then you click, yes, please, I want to receive it. You don't even have to say please. And then voila, you're in. Yeah. But check your spam filter in case. Because some people have said that's where they found it. They wondered why they weren't getting it the last week or so. And there it was in their spam filter. Then they clicked the right link and no more spam. Just mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Apple is pausing sales of the newest Apple Watch Series 9 and Ultra 2 in the U.S. because of a lawsuit in an ongoing legal battle with health tech company Massimo. And just in case, they're saying, you know what, don't sell any more new watches, which is bad for them with Christmas. But it's also usually a sign that they know they did something wrong. Good point. (laughs) Because you would think a company the size of Apple with 1,400 attorneys on staff or whatever would say, we got this. You keep selling. Nope. Pausing the sales because of this lawsuit. So chances are they were borrowing, perhaps. We'll call it borrowing for now until we get all the info. Uh, from this health tech company. But you can still buy it outside the U.S. So if you really yes. want one, get your plane ticket now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fly out just to buy an Apple Watch. Yeah. Good luck. Google has agreed to pay $700 million. To and, me? And, you know, no. And make several other concessions to settle allegations that it had been stifling competition against its Android app store. The same issue that went to trial in another case that could result in even bigger changes. Oh. Google struck the deal with state attorneys general in September, and the settlement's terms were finally revealed this week. The settlement with the states includes $630 million to compensate U.S. consumers uh, funneled into payment processing system that state attorneys general alleged drove up the prices for digital transactions within apps downloaded from the Play Store. Another $70 million of the settlement will cover the penalties and other costs that Google is being forced to pay to the states. Whoa. Interesting. You'd think, though, with this many hundreds of millions of dollars in fines, they'd get the big picture at some point. Yeah, but it's a company where hundreds of millions of dollars is like you know, $2 to you and me. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and they're thinking, eh, so we pay it. Here's the check. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and let's move on and don't change a thing, mm-hmm. which is very likely. You know, we talk a lot in the last couple of years about artificial intelligence, AI, generative AI, all kinds of AI. And we, for the first time ever, Chris actually used ChatGPT for our opening tease for this week's show, which I found fascinating because it happened so quickly and they gave you so many options. Uh, How did you do what you did to let folks know how quick and easy using things like ChatGPT can be? Well, I downloaded the ChatGPT app to my phone. That's the first thing. I got bored at home one day, and that honestly was why I did it, because <laughs> oh, I'd heard about it, and I was like, yeah, let me check this thing out. And it really is like a chat. It's like you're texting a buddy. Aha. Uh-huh. It's my little artificial buddy. Yep. This is like the, the imaginary <laughs> friend of, of 2023. Okay. Got it. <laughs> and I told it to write a one-sentence tease for a radio show about AI. Okay. And it that gave seems... me a really long sentence. Oh, really? So I had to, it was one so, sentence. It was but, one sentence, yeah. but I guess I should be more specific and say, give me a really short sentence. Right. <laughs> or give me a sentence of eight words or something. Yeah. But it responded to you instantly. Yeah. And gave you what you used as the tease opening this week's show, yeah. which is pretty cool. A lot of people, there's one particular friend of mine, he's Ecuadorian, uh, so English is not his first language, but he's been getting better over the years. He's been living in the U.S., I don't know, 40 years or so, probably. Um, But he has been using ChatGPT for a lot of emails that I'm copied on, for example, where he's sending to a client or something, um, and and for writing little articles in the newsletters that he does and that kind of thing. And I can tell immediately, well, that's not how Fausto talks. You know, it's very well put together. That's one clue. Uh, (laughs) And it's proper English and grammar. Well, there's another clue. But it works, and it's working for him. But not only did you get that initial one long sentence tease that you cut down a bit, but then you asked for, give me another? Yeah, I just said, give me another one. And then the next one I said, let me just say another. And it just gave me another one. Wow. And then another, and, and another one. Instantly. Yeah. It just kept giving you more suggested yeah. teases for what you wanted. And you can see why they're having to come out with tech now to try to you know, determine when AI has been used. Because yeah. you can see how easy it is to be misused, especially by students when they're having to write papers for school oh, and, and other things. To be a college student now. 
Yeah, be amazing. You know, give give me a um, hundred thousand word essay uh, for my doctorate on such and such, yeah, so, <laughs> and you know, it just spews. So, you know, I had to work because you know I was in school before the internet. You know, you were in school before libraries, but yeah. you know, hey, <laughs> hey, yeah, our school bus was a buggy yeah. pulled by two horses, yeah. uh-huh. not. <laughs> but that's how that works. So we're happy to answer more questions. Plus, a couple of guests coming up today on our Christmas weekend broadcast about AI in very different ways. Yeah, in just our next segment, we're going to be talking uh, with uh, Odea Bosch. He's global sustainability leader with IBM Consulting, talking about how AI can help companies limit their carbon footprint while also boosting their bottom line. Pretty cool interview, if I may say so myself, because I did it. You know, But you want to stay tuned for that coming up next, right here on Into Tomorrow. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it'll take years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. They've helped over 10 million people. Without destroying your credit, they can reduce your interest rates, lower your total payments up to 50% to get you out of debt fast. For a free consultation, call Consolidated Credit now. The program works. Call 800-284-4037. 800-284-4037. 800-284-4037. Consolidated Credit Solutions Incorporated, 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Kansas CSO 0019051. Maryland DM 1492. Oregon DM 892. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation Commission License Number DC83. Service may adversely affect the individual's credit. Non-payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action. Actual interest rates, length of program, and monthly payment reductions will vary by consumer and creditor. Yours could be higher or lower. Not a loan company. We do not lend money. Hey, this is Lynn from South Carolina and wanting to wish everybody listening to Into Tomorrow and Dave a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Well, thank you, Lynn, from South Carolina. I never would have guessed. Yeah, not at all. She, she has that, uh, that Southern Bell accent. And we appreciate Lynn and everyone listening, and we appreciate her holiday wishes to everyone. Now go have some grits and sweet tea. Oh, bless your heart. (laughs) This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by Blueberry Podcasting, with a new intuitive dashboard and stats system that gives podcasters unparalleled insights into their podcast growth. Start your free trial now at blubrry.com. And, of course, we talk about AI constantly on the show. It is the technology that a lot of folks are utilizing, talking about, wondering about, maybe even worried about in some cases. It can do everything from helping with a writing assignment, of course, to creating artwork. But did you know that it can also help companies limit their carbon footprint while also boosting their bottom line? Joining us now from the global sustainability leader of IBM Consulting is Oday Abash. Oday, welcome into tomorrow. How are you? Good morning, Dave. Thank you. I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? Doing fine, and thank you for spending a few minutes with us. We, we talk, as I mentioned in the intro, a lot about AI. Uh, from your perspective, what is generative AI? And then let's get into how it can help scale sustainability. Sure, thank you. And again, thanks for having me here, Dave. Sure. So, so generative AI, or as people increasingly call it, gen AI, is sort of the next evolution of artificial intelligence. So we've had artificial intelligence around and used in many, many applications for the last several years. Gen AI is taking that to the next level. You'll hear people talk about large language models, okay, that is powering this new technology. And in essence, I'd ask people to keep in mind, it is a technology, it's an enabler, But what it's very good at is actually synthesizing vast amounts of data in all sorts of different formats, structured and unstructured, text, video, chat, images, all sorts of stuff, and driving new insights by sifting through and looking for unseen patterns. And that's where it's extremely powerful in its ability to help leaders get new insight and then drive new information and new decisions. And I just keep in mind for everyone, it is a technology, And at the end of the day, it's how that technology is used that enables us to drive meaningful impact, whether that's addressing climate-related issues or others. 
Very good point. Uh, you also mentioned, O'Day, large language. What does that mean? So, 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 Dave, this is just really around how these technologies work, which fundamentally at its core is based on very large data sets of all kinds of data. I said earlier, data that is structured and unstructured. So whether that's information, for example, in your enterprise around historic sales pattern or around inventory or around financial data, and then you bring into that other data sets like weather related, okay, mm -hmm. or information based on your supplier base. And you have all of that in one area. And then you train your algorithms based on that large language model. And then your algorithms get trained and fine tuned depending on what the ultimate use case is. And that's how you then use that technology to drive new insights, which are then hopefully being put to good cause and driving better informed decisions at lightning speed. So it's this ability to sift through vast amounts of data, do it very, very efficiently, very, very short time that gives its power. And, and Gen AI is being used today in many environments, whether that's in HR functions or in an IT environment to accelerate code development, for example, where we see people who deploy AI, Gen AI, accelerate code development and, and reliability, you know, accuracy 30, 40% more. And then we'll also see it being used in call center environments where it helps call center agents accelerate query resolution and more accurately and end up with more satisfied customers. So the application of Gen AI is very powerful. I've just given you three sort of use cases, but it goes far beyond that. Okay? Oh, for sure. And, and it's based, based on these large data, data sets, large language models. And of course, also, as you say, hopefully for the good of mankind, because there's yeah, a no, lot of I, a lot of bizarre stuff also happening now with AI and, and I mean, everything from faking someone's voice and, and trying to scam money from someone else and and that sort yeah. of thing. But we're we're talking about uh, Gen AI for the good. Yeah, and I mean, David, it is an important point, and we probably shouldn't just sort of skip over it too quickly. I mean, with all technologies, okay, that deployed in the right way, with the right sort of governance around them, they have a huge positive influence. Yes. Clearly, there are always going to be some bad actors, and if it's deployed without the right oversight and so on, then there are some downfalls, and you've just described some of those, okay? Yeah. You know, well, uh, I think I, I look at it very optimistically, but would also caution how it's used and make sure there's the right guardrails and so on. And certainly at IBM, we talk a lot about making sure there's transparency and making sure there's the right ethics and the right governance around all of these um, important gen AI applications. Because yeah. only, only then do you, do, do you build trust with people, and it's important to have trust, otherwise people won't want to adopt the technology, which would be a real pity. Oh, for sure. Very, very good points there. We talk a lot about trying to bridge the gap between sustainability aspirations and actual action. What will it take to do that, do you think? Yeah, so there are a couple of points. And actually, I'm glad I'm glad you talk about the gap because there really is a gap. You know, certainly when we surveyed uh, a number of uh, execs, and this is all in the public domain, I'll, I'll point, point your listeners in the right direction to it later, okay? But we find something like 80, 86% of uh, people say that their organization has got a very clear sustainability agenda and a clear sustainability strategy. Mm -hmm. But the reality is when you dig deeper, it's just over a third of those who've actually started acting on it. And, oh. and, and the main reason... You know, there are two probably re reasons, but the main one I would say is actually a lack of the right data. So most organizations don't have enough of the right data within their organization or can't easily access it to be able to act on their sustainability strategy. And that's a really important point because actually technologies like Gen AI have a very clear role in assisting with the identification, classification, and reporting of that data. So that's very important. The second point in terms of bridging the gap is having clarity around aligning sustainability and profitability or value. All too often people see it as a conflict and we certainly don't. I can understand why people who adopt a very short time horizon might see a need to have investments and don't get the payback for a little bit longer. But actually, given we're talking about some major existential issues, whether it's you know climate or biodiversity and so on, it's important to try and take a slightly longer term horizon. But even, even in the short term, there are numerous applications of Gen AI that have a instant or in-year payback from an ROI perspective. So I would encourage people to think very hard about articulating the value and sustainability equation, as well as understanding the data gap within the organizations. And both of those, Gen AI can help. 
Excellent. And I understand that uh, somebody told me you can share three things uh, that every business leader, at least, uh, should know about uh, Gen AI. Yeah, that's, that, that, yes. I mean, I think uh, we don't want to have too long a list. Okay, so, yeah. so I, I, I would I would encourage ev- everyone in, in a leadership role to get more familiar with what Gen AI is and how it can be deployed for the benefit of their organizations in, in accelerating their sustainability agenda, but frankly, also just in accelerating their business outcomes that they are seeking. Okay, so I would say something around education is really, really important. And that's not just for the leadership, but that's actually for the people in the company. Mm-hmm. You know, there is some anxiety you hear about uh, Gen AI. So I think the more people are educated and informed, they can make better choices. And I think that's very important. Okay. And the if- second one okay. is to recognize that Gen AI is a team sport. It's not something that you know resides with one man or woman because they've got a title and they sit on the board and they're responsible for sustainability, <laughs> yeah. okay? And, and by a team sport, I'm talking beyond just the enterprise that people work in, but actually look at how do you leverage the ecosystem of partners? Because tackling some of these big sustainability issues requires open collaboration. And for open collaboration, you need access to data and technologies that help you share that data. And that's where Gen AI, and what we call hybrid cloud, those two things together come hand in hand in fostering and uh, and driving collaboration, which is fundamental. And then the third one is, and I say this repeatedly, as brilliant as Gen AI is, it is not a panacea to all issues. So one needs to deploy it in a thoughtful, considered fashion because it is energy intensive. So we need to be very mindful of how we deploy it. And then when it's deployed in the right way, you can minimize the energy requirements across each of the sort of compute element, the network element, storage element. And if you do that, you can reduce, you know, energy intensity and carbon footprint from data centers by 20, 30, 40%. Okay. So, you know, three things really around, uh, um, understanding it and, 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 and upskilling your workforce, then working in a broader partner ecosystem, and then just being mindful and understanding of the energy implications. O'Day, you've given us lots to think about and some great information as well, especially talking about the importance of organizations collaborating. Where can we go to get even more info? Sure. So, so Dave, we on, on our website, as you'd expect, ibm.com forward slash IBV. That stands for Institute for Business Value. Okay, that's our thought leadership arm. We publish a whole range of information, but certainly our most recent uh, Gen AI guide for CEOs is on that website. Okay, that was published 10 days ago. And there's more information. So I'd encourage our listeners to take a look. And if you've got follow-up questions or they have follow-up questions, you can certainly get hold of us uh, using the same website as well. Terrific. Global sustainability leader, and we see why that is the case with IBM Consulting. Oday Abash, thanks so much for spending a few minutes with us. It's our, Thank you, our pleasure. IBM.com slash IBV. We'll get you there, of course, when you visit us at intotomorrow.com. I'm Dave Graveline. Stay tuned. Much more to come right here on the Advanced Media Network. During these difficult times, we understand how important it is to stay healthy and safe. With so many of us confined to our homes and not being able to work, we feel the financial burden more than ever. Many folks lost their jobs and businesses. Others were furloughed and some are working from home at reduced pay. Keeping up with your bills is not easy under these circumstances. If you have credit card debt and cannot keep up with your monthly payments, we at Debt Fix Pros are here to help. Give us a call to see how we can reduce your interest rates and lower your monthly payments. Protect your credit and let us help you find a solution that fits your needs. We, your friends at Debt Fix Pros, are here to help. Let us take care of your credit card debt so you can focus on what is really important. Call for a free phone consultation at 1-800-781-6764. That's 1-800-781-6764. 1-800-781-6764. United we stand. 1-800-781-6764. Finding the right experts to help you grow your business is always a challenge. Chameleon Collective is a hybrid marketing service and consulting firm that is hyper-focused on growing businesses. From digital marketing to optimizing your sales efforts, our experts drive results. Our work and track history, ranging from innovative startups to Fortune 500 companies, speaks for itself. Learn more by visiting chameleoncollective.com or call us at 1-800-914-0245 today.
everyone, this is Josephine, a big fan of Into Tomorrow's from Germany, Nürnberg to be exact. And I'm wishing you all a very, very Merry Christmas und natürlich fröhliche Weihnachten. And uh, now back to you, Dave. Ooh, can, we, can we say that on the radio? I think she just did. She just did. Josephine, what a lovely young lady, by the way. And we've had occasion to meet her many times while we were in Germany at IFA. And she's a sweetheart, listens to the show all the time from Germany, and delighted and very happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to you as well. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by HughesNet. Enjoy more of everything the Internet has to offer. If you want more info, text RADIO to 35000. Again, text the word RADIO to 35000. It always seems like everything that tastes delicious turns out to be incredibly unhealthy. Yeah, tell us about it. This time of year especially? Yeah, especially when you start reading nutrition labels. Well, with this week's Into Tomorrow wellness tip brought to you by Human Touch, here's Victoria Ladock. Thanks, Dave. You might be surprised to hear that the following foods actually have considerable health benefits when prepared properly. Popcorn is loaded with fiber and other nutrients that may prevent cell damage and disease. Moderate consumption of alcohol may protect you from heart disease and type 2 diabetes. But of course, overindulgence may have a negative effect. Frozen veggies are just as healthy as fresh veggies, but it is in the preparation of the dish that alters the nutritional value of the meal. For Into Tomorrow, I'm Victoria Ladock. Back to you, Dave. Man, how does she know so much about wellness? It's amazing she's always given us great tips each and every week. Yeah, she's and got that human touch. She di- Oh, I see what <laughs> you did there. Yep, the Into Tomorrow wellness tip is, in fact, brought to you by Human Touch. How can a massage chair, for example, change your life? Visit humantouch.com to find out. And while you're online, you can also visit us at intotomorrow.com, where you can not only subscribe to our free podcast and tech newsletter, but find out all the prizes you can win. We got an email from Sammy in Denver, Colorado. What might that email contain? Sammy says, I've decided to turn an unused bedroom in my house into sort of a budget home theater. Okay. And use a projector instead of a big screen TV to give it more of an authentic feel. Oh, I like it. Hopefully also a popcorn machine. Ooh. <laughs> Do you have any recommendations on good, inexpensive home theater projectors? Oh, well, Sammy, the size of the room, of course, will be a big factor, as well as how far you can stretch your budget. The truth is that cheap projectors are just that, cheap, not inexpensive. They won't perform as well as more expensive ones, obviously, and you'll probably have to at least budget for some blackout drapes on the top of the projector. If the room is small, look for short-throw projectors. The downside of those is that they generally aren't cheap. The cheapest one on Best Buy right now is about $650. Now, if you want a traditional projector that you can run from the opposite wall, then the prices start to go all over the place. Uh, For example, you can buy a $65 projector or a $5,000 projector. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. So $65 or $5,000. Yeah. And all in between, no doubt. Now, $5,000 is probably not necessary unless you are a huge movie buff. But avoid anything below about 250 bucks, And even then, have a good look at them. Uh, You won't find a good 4K projector for that price, but you may be able to find decent 1080p projectors from brands like Epson and BenQ. Now, if you stretch a little more and can get closer to the $500 range, you'll find a much better 1080p projectors like the Optoma HD146X, but you'll still be in the 1080p range. Uh, You may be able to get a better deal for your money if you buy a big 4K TV instead. You can find 50-inch and even 60-inch 4K TVs these days for less than the price of that Optoma projector. Yeah. Now, I do like, Sammy, what you're trying to do to use a projection system and a screen because it does give you a a lot more of that home theater. The screen I have, a drop-down screen in my house, haven't used the projector in a while, but takes my 65-inch LCD TV drops down in front of it, and now I have a 110-inch screen, which is pretty cool. It's just that we don't go through the hassle of doing that all the time. And the main projector has had a bulb burned out forever and costs a fortune to replace the bulb. So we're back to mostly using the TV. But you can certainly make a, a TV room with a TV if it turns out you don't like the projector idea. Yeah, and if you kind of build the TV into the wall and you know make it like flush mount against the wall, then it'd be kind of like a you know movie screen anyway. Yeah, you can even put drapes in front of the TV and open them. 
There you go. As, <laughs> as if they're opening in a in a theater, like when you know, here comes the the uh, the big what the heck do they call it? Feature now? presentation. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Now the feature presentation. You know, you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sue in Kingsville, Ontario. Hey, Sue. Uh, just in the market to purchase a new computer. Besides memory, are there any other things? I need to consider when purchasing? Ooh, great question, Sue. Modern computers are largely capable of what most basic users put them through. But you can have a look at the type of storage. Solid-state drives will be a lot faster than hard drives that you may need less storage than you think these days since more and more things are living online. Now, have a look at the size of the battery, too, if you want to mostly stay unplugged. Yeah, now, if it matters to you, screen resolution can vary quite a bit, as can battery life, and you may want to decide whether having a touchscreen is important to you, since not all computers offer that. Uh, a touchscreen on a laptop is not too useful in the real world, but computers that can convert into tablets can be. So keep that in mind as well, if that's something that you might be interested in. Checking brand reliability and warranties might pay off, too. Uh, both change every year, and prioritizing a brand that builds a decent product that they stand behind can be a good way to make sure that you're not searching again for another new computer in two years. Yeah, and, and Sue, keep in mind, because we always try to mention this, if you're looking for a new computer, especially folks looking for a laptop or possibly tablet, look into Chromebooks. If most everything you do now is online, you're just checking email, you're surfing websites, etc., a Chromebook can save you a fortune. But if you need programs to install on a computer and that sort of thing, uh, then of course a laptop still makes the most sense. Yeah, but, and I've always been a fan, as we mentioned, of those laptops that you can fold the screen all the way back and it then turns into a tablet. Oh, yeah. Is, you know, those are very handy. Yeah, and they make a, a lot of sense. So the, look at those convertibles uh, or ultra laptops, sometimes people call them still. But check it out. Great question, Sue. I hope we've helped you out. Greg in Woodbine, Georgia. Hey, Greg. Just wondered if there are any AM, FM radio receivers that have a programmable timer recorder on them like the old VCRs and the DVRs have now. Uh, not all radio programs are podcast or have the ability to listen to them later, and I'm often missing shows, so I just wondered if there was anything available to record the programs and listen to them later. Well, Greg, there aren't many. It's very, very rare to find one that has that function these days. We haven't seen any pure AM-FM radio that can record in a long time, but there are some radios that are sometimes sold with recorders. In particular, there are two types that we've seen come bundled in with recorders in recent years. Weather radios sometimes and shortwave radios. Yeah, shortwave enthusiasts like to pick up transmissions from the other end of the world. So it makes sense for some receivers to come with a recorder built in so that users can record what is broadcast during the daylight hours of a country far away. Uh, weather radios sometimes have them to always keep a log of the latest forecast in case of a weather emergency. In both cases, most radios do not come with this feature. So check carefully. Also, check that the feature itself is not limited to just the weather bands or just the shortwave radio. Uh, so all I can say is good luck. It's not easy to find what you're looking for these days. Yeah, but stay tuned. Listeners of Into Tomorrow are awesome. Maybe someone has some particular input that we're unaware of, Greg. Meantime, let's all meet at intotomorrow.com. How would you like to feel your best every day? For over 40 years, Human Touch has designed high-performance massage chairs, ergonomic zero-gravity recliners, and targeted massage products that not only rejuvenate the mind and body, but have helped owners perform, sleep, and live better. Sitting in a Human Touch massage chair is the perfect way to unwind, relieve pain, or recover from a hard workout. And it's all from the comfort of your own home 24-7. Anytime you need to relax sore muscles, de-stress, or even just take a moment for yourself. Human Touch works with medical practitioners, world-class athletes, and award-winning design teams to provide therapeutic benefits daily, but also offer an aesthetic appeal that captivates the eye and enhances any space. Ready to learn more? Visit humantouch.com. Human Touch. Your best every day. 
Stream Guy Streaming Media Services is proud to sponsor Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline. Delivering audio and video to the web since 2000, Stream Guys is the affordable, reliable, and scalable choice for today's demanding media delivery needs. Stream to iPhones, mobile devices, and PCs all from the same platform. Stream in Windows Media, QuickTime, and the ubiquitous Flash using our full-featured, low-cost Wowza Flash servers. Increase your ROI with our subscription system and pre-roll ad services and turn your content into cash. Stream Guys, offering professional streaming media services for the smartest businesses on the internet. Learn more at www.streamguys.com. Welcome back into Tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. Now our 28th year on the air covering the latest in consumer tech. All sorts of things, including, of course, gadgets and gizmos and products and services, websites and apps. You name it, if it's technology-related, we like to cover it for you. And, of course, your participation really makes the show. So when you call in and we hear you on the program... We very much appreciate it, and we send you prizes for participating. So don't ever hesitate to join us anytime, 24-7, at your convenience, 800-899-INTO, or use the audio option on the free Into Tomorrow app, or click on the Ask Dave button when you visit us on any device with a browser and a microphone at intotomorrow.com. AI, of course, you hear us talking about it a lot every week, is now being used to identify patients with advanced heart failure who require specialized care. And our next guest's organization is absolutely at the forefront of that, and we're delighted to be joined by cardiologist and associate director from Northwestern Medicine, Bloom Cardiovascular Institute's Center for Artificial Intelligence. Woof, I think that all fits on his business card as well. Dr. Faraz Ahmed. Dr. Ahmed, welcome into tomorrow. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, and thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, I didn't realize up 25% of all heart patients have advanced heart failure. What is that? It seems to me that if you've got heart problems, they're pretty advanced anyway, no? Right. No, it's, it's, it's fair. Um, so, you know, about 6 million U.S. adults have what we call the syndrome of heart failure. Um, so that refers to having sort of changes in the heart or the structure or function that leads to symptoms like shortness of breath, fatigue, and other symptoms. And so within that population of patients who we say have heart failure, um, there's up to 25% that may have advanced heart failure. So the advanced heart failure is defined as having severe symptoms, so severe shortness of breath fatigue, despite being on the best medical therapies available. Oh, wow. And this is unfortunately all too common. It is. It is really unfortunate. But there is good news that there are a lot of treatments for heart failure more broadly and also for advanced heart failure than there were years ago. And so we have a lot of options between medications, devices, procedures to really help patients live longer and feel better. Excellent. And then, of course, enter artificial intelligence or AI. We we talk a lot about it on the show, and it seems like uh, everything, every uh, company, every product these days has some sort of AI connection. But here's one that can literally save lives. Right. You know, I, we've really seen an emergence of AI in healthcare in the last few years. Um, I think AI has been used broadly outside of healthcare for a long time. We sure. see it in our phones and in driving cars and all these other places. But really, in healthcare the last few years, we've seen this explosion. And so our data science team here was really interested in seeing, can we leverage all this data we have in our health system, you know, millions of patients, data points, to find patients with advanced heart failure and also leverage our cloud computing partner and then can we develop a whole workflow to actually get these patients into care in a timely way with a heart failure specialist? And so over the last two years, we've been working on this project to find these patients um, using AI across our health system. And it has made, no doubt, a big difference. Has it made your job easier or more complicated, but at least the data's there? How has that been working out? Yeah. So, we, you know, when we started the program, um, we weren't sure what would happen. And that's yeah. why we studied it as we went along. And we wanted to make sure that we're finding the right patients. The model was doing well across all groups of people and that we're actually finding people. And we, we have found a lot of people. We brought in you know, 40 new patients for consults to our heart failure clinics. Um, we've changed their medications. For a few of them, we've talked about heart pumps and transplant and whether they benefit from it. And some have moved on to evaluation and even getting a heart pump. So it has been successful. But I will say that I do think this is the early days of healthcare, of AI in healthcare, and that 
for all these technologies, whether it's one we're developing internally or one that we partner with a health tech company, we really want to test it rigorously and make sure that it's improving patient outcomes in a cost-effective way. Oh, cool. And I'm glad to hear you say it's really the start of AI in healthcare because there clearly is a, a plethora of things that artificial intelligence can make a difference with in healthcare, not just heart, of course. Completely agree. And we have, you know, I, my, I spend a lot of my time with our Bloom Cardiovascular Institute Center for AI. At our health system, we have a institute called the Mansueto Innovation Institute, and they have, and that's the team I work with closely, and they have a whole team dedicated to AI across all sorts of conditions, whether they're GI, neurology, oncology. So I, I, think, I do think you're right. This is really expansive. Oh, yeah, for sure. Looking forward into tomorrow, if you will, to the kinds of things that it can make a difference. Usually when we hear someone has uh, many different kinds of issues, but certainly heart issues, you almost always hear uh, lifestyle changes are going to make a big difference. Uh, does AI help in that category as well? That's a really good question. Um, I think that there are a lot of app companies, health companies who are selling products that will say that their sensors or even the Apple Watch, right, will improve your health. Mm. I think the data supporting whether those actually improve health at scale or is, is still unknown. So I, I think we're I think we're still learning what technologies and how to use them to improve health. I will say for all my patients, you know, I do advise whether they have heart failure or not, you know, heart healthy diet, um, exercise, staying active, and following you know healthy lifestyle recommendations. I do think that makes a difference. And for some patients, technology really helps them do it. And for other patients, they don't like technology. They'd rather just, you know, pursue the way they have been exercising and staying healthy as they've been doing for the last 20 years. And of course, covering tech, I can't imagine anyone not thinking technology will make a difference. But I, I hear what you're saying. There are those who are saying, no, 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 I'm fine. Uh, just leave tech out of it. <laughs> right. Yeah, everyone, you know, and I think it's important to meet people where they're at. And maybe there's a lower tech solution that can help them. And it's all, you know, matching the person to the technology and then figuring out if it works. And and doctor, has has new treatment options become valid options for a lot of folks as well? Yeah, I mean, in cardiovascular disease more broadly and heart failure specifically, we've been very fortunate that there have been a lot of advances. So, for example, in heart failure, there are newer medications that have come out that can really target certain types of heart failure. Um, and improve quality of life reduce hospital and reduce hospitalizations. There are new procedures like minimally invasive ways to fix heart valves um, that previously we'd have to open heart surgery um, or couldn't offer any surgical treatment to patients to. So there's a lot of really interesting tech, new technologies out there that aren't AI, but our goal is to use AI to help us find those patients sooner and get them into these new um, clinics to be evaluated for these technologies. Glad to hear that. And I'm assuming then that this is also helping a lot of physicians and other clinicians perhaps that have not have had that much experience that at least these data points, uh, the additional research has got to be making them feel more comfortable to help their patients. I think that's right. Yeah, I think this this program, you know, we identify these patients with advanced heart failure. Then we as a team review of the patients and talk to our clinician partners who may not have specialty training in heart failure and sort of say, like, look, this is all the information we have that this patient has signs of advanced heart failure. Let's bring them into heart failure clinic. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that's really helped get patients get the right care at the right time. And what else do you think that AI, uh, as we look further into tomorrow, can be used to help patients? Where, where are we not there yet, but you have some encouraging words, perhaps? So I think in the space of analyzing images, sort of what's, what's called computer vision. Um, that's a really interesting space. And there's already been a number of algorithms approved by the FDA for cardiovascular care. Um, we're even partnered with a company to try to test algorithms to find rare causes of heart failure. So things like cardiac amyloidosis, can we find that earlier and get people on the right treatments? So I think this undetected disease delayed and reducing delayed diagnoses, I think that's a huge space for AI. But we're still in the process of testing, like, how does this work? And if it works, how do we deploy it sure. at scale? Yeah. Very encouraging work, though, that you're doing. And uh, keep it up, because it's no doubt, as I mentioned, going to save lives and certainly help a lot of people. So we thank you for spending a few minutes with us. Very interesting discussion. And uh, we're encouraged by what you guys can be doing in the future.
Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. It's our pleasure. Dr. Faraz Ahmad, the cardiologist and associate director of Northwestern Medicine Bloom Cardiovascular Institute's, got to take a breath, Center for Artificial Intelligence. You want to visit heart.m, I'm sorry, heart.nm.org. Again, heart.nm.org. We'll get you there, of course, when you visit us at intotomorrow.com. I'm Dave Graveline. Stay tuned. Much more to come right here on the Advanced Media Network. This holiday, don't keep your customers waiting in silence. Spread joy, cheer, and the holiday spirit with Advanced Productions. Your customers will thank you, and you'll be ringing in the sales this holiday season. And the best way to do that is with a custom holiday on-hold message from Advanced Productions. For over 40 years, we've been providing affordable audio and video services to businesses all around the world. Let us create a custom holiday on-hold message for your business for less than $200 with no subscriptions or extra fees. Our professional team will craft delightful messages that showcase your brand and warm hearts throughout the season. Advanced Productions, the sound of the season and your key to holiday success. Let the holidays begin with Advanced Productions. Visit onholdaudio.net or call now 1-888-899-8511. 888-899-8511. Happy Holidays from Advanced Productions at onholdaudio.net. This is Michelle from Charleston, South Carolina, wanting to wish everyone into tomorrow a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Back to you, Dave. Well, thank you, Michelle. Very no- Another one that I would never have guessed from South Carolina. Mm-hmm. We're apparently big in South Carolina. I should, I should not make fun of their accents. <laughs> because I don't want to offend anyone. Michelle, though, what a sweetheart. And thank you as well. And Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to you also, we just have to change the, the, the name of the show to End of Tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> End of Tomorrow. End of Tomorrow. <laughs> okay, we'll do that. <laughs> Next year, our 29th year will be End of Tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this portion of End of Tomorrow is brought to you in part by StreamGuys, streaming media solutions for the smartest businesses on the internet. Ooh. Visit StreamGuys.com. You know, Edison showed off his new incandescent lighting. The man of the year is not a man at all. And the Internet, as we know it, is created. It all happened this week in Tech History. Brought to you by IFA. Jump aboard the time machine. You've got mail. Time to head into yesterday with This Week in Tech History. History, 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 history. Here's Chris. This week in 1879, Thomas Edison delighted an audience in Menlo Park, New Jersey, when he gave his first public demonstration of incandescent lighting. Hello, Moto. In 1949 this week, KC2XAK of Bridgeport, Connecticut, became the first UHF television station to begin operating on a regular daily schedule. UHF stations broadcast from where the VHF stations left off, channels 14 through 83. Parental guidance is suggested. Some of us are actually old enough to remember UHF and VHF TV. Do you remember that? I, I do. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, you were also my remote as you were growing I was. up. Was yeah. You know, and we had that uh, big knob that turned or rotated our antenna outside the house. Nerd alert! Yes, we were nerds. <laughs> yes. In 1982, this week, the Man of the Year in Time magazine was a non-human for the first time. Uh-huh. A computer received the honors as 1982's greatest influence for good or evil. Most illogical. In 1983, the ARPANET officially changed to using the Internet Protocol, effectively creating the internet as we know it. It's alive! <laughs> Boy, is it. And nothing ever dies on the internet. Exactly. Forever. Yeah. And this week in 2002, the world's first commercial magnetic levitation train performed flawlessly on its maiden journey in China. The German-built high-tech marvel hit 260 miles per hour. <laughs> It traveled between Shanghai's financial district and the Pudong Airport. That's our look back at This Week in Tech History, brought to you by IFA. The future of tech awaits you at IFA. Visit ifa-berlin.com. Oh, yes. Oh, Oh, settle down. Settle down. It's just This Week in Tech History. Don't get too excited. Everybody gets excited. Well, that's true. Everybody loves twith. Yes. That's our inside term for This Week in Tech History. Right. Not twit. Twith. Yeah. Got to put the H on there. Uh You know, a plan by Los Angeles-based Channel One to deploy AI-generated news anchors 
to read content on free ad-supported streaming platforms next year has drawn alarm from journalists who say it could have huge ramifications for an already depleted news industry. AI anchors will not replicate humans' ability to understand stories and convey their context and impact. So writes fellow journalist and friend of the show, Lance Yudinoff. You know, you know, it's ironic that you bring that story up because just earlier today, I was, you know, I'm, I, as you know, I'm a nerd and a history nerd. I didn't and know I was, that. <laughs> and I was listening to another one of my Audible um, lecture series, this one about the life and presidency of John F. Kennedy. Uh-huh. And they were talking about how he was the first president to hold a televised press conference. And then all the all the print media journalists were all up in arms because, oh, he's he's killing the print media. media. Yeah. <laughs> and, this is, you know, I guess kind of the, the 21st century version. Of, well, he, he was that. I thought he was always. Bad to the bone. Yeah. yeah. But that's a good point. I mean, of course, then again, now look at today and newspaper. Who gets a newspaper anymore? Exactly. I mean, I'm sure there's a few people maybe listening in their cars, holding their hand up, keep one hand on the wheel. But I don't, I haven't gotten a newspaper, honest to God, in probably 20 years. Well, who other than you still gets their news directly from a television news station? Well, there was, and online because well, I got to balance the stuff. There was what's like a, fake? What's not? There was an alarming story that you know something that you know it was like more than like eighty you something know, percent of millennials oh. get all of their news from like TikTok. Yeah. Now that's sad because you don't think of TikTok or any anti-social media as newsworthy or newsworthy content, but that's sad because a lot of them are getting their news air quotes. From things like TikTok. That's pathetic. Uh That's not the case, so stop it. Stay tuned into tomorrow because we want to hear from you and a very happy holiday, Merry Christmas weekend. From all of us at (laughs) intotomorrow.com. Bringing you the latest in consumer electronics and technology, this has been Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline. To participate with Dave and his tech geniuses and win prizes anytime, 24-7, use our free Into Tomorrow app available in your app store or call 1-800-899-INTO. That's 1-800-899-4686. Be sure to visit our website anytime to read our show notes and watch our ITTV videos at intotomorrow.com. And join us next week as we bring you further Into Tomorrow. In today's connected world, high-speed internet is a necessity. Luckily, where you live no longer means missing out on a fast connection. Do what we did and get HughesNet, America's number one choice for satellite internet. HughesNet Gen 5 delivers the speed you need where you live. Own a business? HughesNet has plans for you, too. Text RADIO to 35000 for offers in your area. That's RADIO to 35000. HughesNet, high-speed satellite internet available where you live and work. If you have $10,000 or more in credit card debt, then you need to call us right now. Debt Fix Pros can significantly reduce the amount you owe, and you could be debt-free faster than you think. I knew we had to do something. Our debt was growing. It was getting out of control, and we just didn't know what to do. We saw an ad for Debt Fix Pros. We called, and they showed us how fast they could get us out of debt. Call 800-781-6764. That's 800-781-6764.